1: episode 227. Hey, my riches, I'm Hayut, and I'm so happy to be here today, and I'm happy you are here with me. Andrea Owen, my guest today, said, success doesn't happen in a vacuum. You have to ask for help, whether that is with a therapist, your best friend, or your partner. Andrea Owen, is an author, global speaker, and professional certified life coach who helps high-achieving women maximize unshakable confidence and master resilience. She has taught hundreds of thousands of women tools and strategies to be able to empower themselves to live their most kick-ass life through speaking, her books, coaching, and her widely popular podcast, with over 3 million downloads. Andrea is creating a global impact in women's empowerment, with her books being translated into 18 languages and available in 22 countries. When she is not juggling her full coaching practice or writing books, Andrea is busy riding her peloton bike, chasing her two school-aged children, or making out with her husband, Jason. She is also a retired roller derby player, having skated under the name of Veronica Vane. Andrea Owen, what a pleasure to have you here. Hi. Hi,
0: Hayyut. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: It's my pleasure. And I just shared with our listeners what you've done until now. And I would like to ask you to share with us what are you doing and most passionate about today and where are you heading? Well, after about
0: 10 years as an entrepreneur, I have settled and am focused mostly on speaking on stages and writing books. And I can tell you more about how I how I got here, but that's the thing that I'm most passionate about and and that we as a team are focused on, that particular model.
1: Of course I want to know how you got there.
0: interview is not over
1: (laughs) how did you start how did I get here yeah and how did you start was was your career path
0: well, it's sort of an interesting story that involves my personal life as well. So I was in the fitness industry previously and when I was in my late twenties, I was I was married to it was my first marriage, someone different to what I'm who I'm married to now. Mm-hmm. And I had heard about life coaching. And this was back in about two thousand and two, two thousand and three, very early in the infancy of life coaching as um as an industry. Mm-hmm. And I was telling my then husband about it and saying, I think I would be great at this. However, I do think that you would need more life experience than, than I have. Cause at the time I was only in my twenties and lo and behold, a couple of years later, my husband, we were talking about um, starting a family and we'd been married for a couple of years at that point. And he had an extramarital affair with our neighbor and got her pregnant oh. and And it was, I know, (laughs) it was very dramatic and very traumatic to me. Um, He and I had been together since I was 17. It was awful for so many people involved. So the universe was handing me my life experience and it actually got worse before it got better. I got into another terrible, abusive relationship. And by the time I was 31, I had my rock bottom experience and decided to change my life. And I took responsibility for my life. And and of course, I had been treated poorly. This isn't to put all the blame on me, <laughs> but I had been treated poorly and and also had to look at what I was accepting in my life. Where was I not setting boundaries? Where was I not listening to my intuition? Where was I not living my life for me? And that was sort of the genesis of not only my life coach training and then also finishing my bachelor's degree. But from a personal standpoint, just really taking control of my life. So that's how the life coaching portion started. Wow. And a couple of years into that, I decided I was going to write a book. And the universe just sort of opened the doors for me. And mm-hmm. I got a traditional book deal with a small publisher that got my foot in the door. Now I'm on my third book. And it all has just fallen into place from there.
1: Wow. Sounds great. And I understand from what you've said that also your personal life are good. So it sounds so exciting. Yes, it
0: has been. Never a dull moment, that's for sure.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, looking for some life to experience. Right. Um, I sure did. (laughs) Who are your customers today? Who are you talking to? Who are you writing to? Who is it, especially women or both genders? Yes. I do get the occasional
0: men who, um, a handful of clients I've had over the years. In fact, I just, I have two men that that signed on um, to work with me recently. But the vast majority of my customers are women. They are um, typically high achieving and have some element of self-confidence and success already but they just can't seem to quite get to the next level. And that is my sweet spot. That those are the women that I work the best with, who are are not terribly afraid to take action in their life and they might have some interpersonal relationship problems and challenges that they're dealing with whether it's, you know, as a parent or a or a partner to their significant other, but that's typically the the customer that I work best with and gets the best results.
1: What would be the one best advice you would give with those women? I think that you have to
0: ask for help. You have to ask for help, whether that is with a therapist, whether that is with a best friend or your partner or a life coach. Success doesn't happen in a vacuum at all, ever, for anyone. There has to be people who come to support you. So that's what I would tell them to work on, is to start there if they're having problems with it.
1: Mm, love that. You are an entrepreneur yourself, and mm-hmm. I want to ask you to tell us about the concept of beliefs of the way a startup entrepreneurial business should approach its customers. And give us the best advice for any entrepreneur that isn't to us right now. Regarding customer focus and approaching your yeah. customers,
0: I think that, and this is probably something you've you've talked about on your show, is is you have to get very clear on who it is that you serve and what it is that you do in your in your work, and don't be afraid to tweak and change this over time. I I don't serve the same customer that I did ten years ago. It changed and morphed over time because of different circumstances. But once you get very, very clear on that, on who it is that you help and what it is that you do, then it's much easier to create services for this person to, um, you know, if you, if you have products for that person, it it becomes much more clear when you are focused on what the solution and or results that it is that you provide for your customer, because that's all anybody's really looking for is as a solution to their problem.
1: I love you saying that so much because you know that the number one reason for entrepreneurs failure according to CV Insights research is no market need. Mm-hmm. And the truth is it's not a problem of no market need it's a problem of not finding the market need, and not finding the right customers and uh, failing to um, explain what you do. Right and Well, it's just,
0: you're right, because I sell life coaching, and nobody really buys life coaching. That is a hard sell. But when I shift the focus to, you know, perhaps I sell happiness, I sell joy, I sell self-confidence and resilience, that those last two are exactly what I sell. That's different than selling life coaching, because typically no one wakes up in the morning and says, you know what I need? I need a life coach. And sometimes it happens, but not that often. There are people who, who have challenges in their life. You know, they can't seem to put themselves out there to date or they cannot set boundaries and people are walking all over them. They understand that they need more self-confidence. So there's a difference. And and for a long time, honestly, that was hard for me to see.
1: Mm-hmm. Because one of the first things that I teach entrepreneurs to do is to go and look for how people are looking for their the problems and how do they define the solutions because sometimes the expressions are so different correct hmm. you've got successes and we'll talk about it in a minute but i want you to tell us the story of your biggest most critical failure with customers the one that affected your entrepreneurial journey the most or almost the most yeah,
0: I think probably my if I had to define my biggest failure, there's been several of them and they're all connected. In my industry, in online life coaching, it's very scalable to offer group coaching. It's the one to many model versus one to one. And it's, you know, it's the best way to scale your business. And so I started doing that and had some some success, but for the most part, it wasn't that lucrative. It wasn't that profitable. And I couldn't figure out for the life of me why not. And mm. there were some marketing things that we could have been doing better, but what it honestly came down to, Hayute, was that I didn't like doing it. Oh. I didn't really love um showing up for it. I don't know if you've read the book The Big Leap by Gay sure. Hendricks and he talks about He talks about the zone of genius, your zone of competence, um, your zone of excellence. So I would say facilitating group programs was probably my zone of competence. Mm -hmm. I could do it. And people would say, like, I was pretty great at it, but I really didn't like it all that much. Mm -hmm. Like It wasn't, I didn't look forward to it. It wasn't where I could really shine. And once, and I, for years, I tried and, and I, and again, it was profitable enough, but not worth the energy I was putting out there. So once I decided a few years ago, I don't want to do this anymore. And it didn't make any sense because from a marketing standpoint, it, it's kind of the only way to scale. And I just decided, you know what? I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm not going to do it just for the money. I'm not going to do it just because it quote unquote makes sense. I'm not going to do it anymore. And I can't tell you how happy that made me (laughs) (laughs) to not have to do it anymore because I was also making up a story in my head that what does that say about how I feel about my customers and beating myself up over it? When the real thing is, is like, it doesn't say anything about how I feel about my customers. I love the women that I serve. I do. And I serve them best through a different medium. I serve them best when I am up on stage giving a keynote or a training. I serve them best when I'm writing a book for the masses. And so that, I mean, it, it was a failure, but it ended up being a really fantastic lesson in how different entrepreneurship can look from person to person, even within the same industry.
1: Usually when um, we uh, experienced a failure, it's the seed for the biggest success that's waiting for us. I love this story, your story so much. It's a beautiful story.
0: Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was a tough lesson to learn. And I kept trying. I kept trying. (laughs) And it, you know, let let me try it from this angle. Let me try it this way. And it was never working.
1: I I know exactly what you're talking about. I think it is a lesson for myself as well. Oh, good. (laughs) And now I would like you to tell us the story of your greatest, most significant success as a result of the right customer focus or something you did right about approaching your customers?
0: So my, my last book that came out in 2018, I, you know, now there's so many books that have curse words in the title. And, (laughs) but before that, I had brought this to my literary agent that I wanted to write a book and I wanted the title to be how to stop feeling like, S H I T. I won't say the word here in case you have younger <laughs> listeners who might be offended. But he was enamored and thought it might work. And so we so ended up selling it to Hatchet Books, a division there, which is, you know, a major publisher. And I wrote the book and it ended up selling extremely well and we got twenty-two I think or twenty-one foreign deals. It's been translated into 18 different languages now and sold hundreds of thousands of copies. And and here here's why I think it was successful. First, because I wrote that book and insisted on the title because that is how I talk to my customers. That is how I talk on my podcast. And if people don't like it, then they're probably not the right customer for me. I'm very candid and you know, that's just how I am. And I wrote that book truly from just an intuitional download that I had and kind of kept circling around and around. And so, all that to say, my biggest successes have been when my intuition taps me on the shoulder <laughs> and says, go that way. And sometimes it doesn't make sense. Sometimes it feels like a huge risk. Because at the time, there weren't that many books with curse words in the title, and I was worried. You know, I'm not going to get into, I'm likely not going to get into Target or Costco, which are, you know, the big box stores here in the States. Um, but that doesn't mean it's going to be unsuccessful. It still, it still really was.
1: Hmm. Beautiful. Can you recommend the best or most effective technological or digital tool that's related to customer-focused marketing or sales? However, I'm not looking for the last shiniest tool in the endless list. I'm looking for something that really works for you and helps you succeed and might help other entrepreneurs as well. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, that's good that you're not looking for the newest shiniest tool because I don't use any of them. (laughs) (laughs) I get overwhelmed with with all those things. And I'm going to say two things. One is, is technology and one isn't. We use Google for everything. We use G Suite. And so I am very much attached to my Google Calendar. I use Gmail. I use Google Drive. I use Google Tasks. I love that it connects everywhere, which a lot of different you know, technology does that. But I can use it on any device. It's easy for my team to use. And we've used it forever. The other thing that's non-technology is having a great team. I am incredibly lucky that I have had a a woman named Emily who started out as my virtual assistant almost 10 years ago, and her, her position has grown into an online business manager. And now we have a different VA and a podcast producer and a copywriter, and she manages all those people. Because I am very extroverted and friendly, but I am a terrible manager. <laughs> so she, she is, I'll just want to talk to people and just chat and like hear about their life. <laughs> not, not, very, not very good. But um, Emily manages all those people and she's excellent at the details. She's excellent at implementing. She's also excellent at following through, which I am not. So it, it's about finding people who have strengths that maybe are your weaknesses. So that you can keep things running smoothly.
1: Sounds great. Both advice sounds great for me because Google is so handy. And yep. I don't remember many entrepreneurs, successful entrepreneurs, talking about that. And I think it's good advice. And having a great team, not everyone's so successful with that, but it's definitely key to succeed. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. There are many factors that affect one's success, but I do believe that for each of us, there is one factor that really helps us succeed. And I want to ask you, what is your one key success factor?
0: Um, this is probably going to be an unpopular opinion, but I don't overwhelm myself reading books on entrepreneurship or following people, um, especially on social media, I do listen to some podcasts yeah. on on the topic, but I know some people who are just constantly inundated with books and podcasts and social media. And the problem arises when there there's so much noise and they're talking about so many different things and possibilities that you can do in your business. And people get completely overwhelmed. They don't know where to start. They don't know what the next step is. And sometimes they have 17 different things going on and they're totally unfocused. So I don't do that. I I don't know if it's because I'm lucky and I started a long time ago before, I mean, we basically just had Twitter and Facebook had just started, you know, when, when I started my entrepreneurial journey, but I just find that the way that my brain works, I get totally overwhelmed, and and then I forget everything that I read. (laughs) (laughs) I just follow my intuition. Maybe I follow a couple people that I really like, and also I just focus on the one thing that I know will make me money. So right now it's speaking. That's all I'm focused on. How do I become how do I grow this model? How do we get more booking? So I'm only focused on one thing. I'm not taking a class on how to grow my Instagram. I'm not also taking a class on you know how to grow my podcast. it's just it's too overwhelming for me to do too many things at once.
1: I love you saying that because you know the most important law of marketing is focus, and uh-huh. uh, so many of us are guilty in not following this law. I think it's so important to focus on what you're doing. And yeah. so many mm-hmm. so many times we are really some kind of servant of the data. And so many things to do and to read and to listen to today. So yeah. I love you saying that.
0: I mean, it's great on one hand. <laughs> yes. But depending on your personality and how you work, it can be unhelpful.
1: And the level of your success when everything works well. Right. You can follow your intuition. Perhaps all of us should follow our intuition more. Exactly. Yes. My final question, before I will ask you what is the best way to connect with you, my final question is my mountain question. And as my listeners already know, I've been imagining for years. This journey of entrepreneurship is climbing a mountain step after step after step, and then when you reach the peak, usually you're looking to reach a higher peak, and sometimes you need to go down in order to reach the peak. And at some point, I started to ask my guests, and that's what I'm asking you, whether you ever climbed a mountain, or wished to climb a mountain, or do you have any relationships with mountains at all? And at first I meant physical mountain, literally a mountain, but today, I allow anyone to take it to the metaphor as so. well. I love this question.
0: And I, I often use that same metaphor of, you know, climbing Mount Everest and you you can't do it in one day. You have to stop and take breaks, et cetera. But I, you know, as I told the story in the beginning of, of our talk, I was dealt a heavy blow in my personal life. And everything that I knew to be, true and safe was suddenly turned upside down. Mm -hmm. And I had never been alone. I had been in a relationship since I was 15 years old. I was at the point where I very much wanted to start a family and settle down. And that got turned on its head as well. I I didn't know what the future was going to hold for me. So at the time I was running a lot for exercise and my knees and hips don't love that so much anymore now that I'm 46. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, at the time I was running a lot and I was living down by the beach in San Diego where I grew up and I was on a run one day. And there's this one particular part of the coastline in a place called Carlsbad, California, where there are some cliffs and there are people that fly these, um, the remote control, I guess they're kind of like drones, but back then they were they were sort of like remote control airplanes and small hang gliders. It's like a a hobby thing that people were doing. And I I stopped to watch them. And I rarely ever stopped on a run. I always just ran and ran and ran. And I I stopped because it was interesting. And also the view was incredible. Mm -hmm. And I was overcome with a feeling of peace and serenity. And I can't explain it other than at that moment, I just knew everything was going to be okay. Hmm. And my circumstances told me otherwise. <laughs> 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 my circumstances told me otherwise. Everything was a mess. Everything was upside down. I had so much drama going on in my life. I did not know what the next day was going to hold for me. And But as I stood there on these cliffs, more or less at the top of this mountain, I was just overcome. And, and I, I suppose I have no other... Explanation than to identify that as a spiritual experience that I had. Beautiful. And I just let myself stand there and take it all in and understand that it was going to be okay. That my circumstances were terrible and that I might go through a lot more emotional pain and anguish over the next few months or whatever. But no matter what, at the end of the day, I was going to be okay. I was not destined for failure. I was not destined to stay in that grief forever things were going to turn around and i remember that moment for the rest of my life any time i go through something that's difficult or i mean covid and, you know, all the hardships we've all had over the last 18 months with this pandemic i remember that moment standing up on the that cliff uh that mountainside more or less and just understanding that it was all going to be okay
1: wow this is one of the most beautiful mountain stories that I heard really love that. Andrea, what is the best way to connect with you for any of our listeners that would like to be in touch? I'm
0: at AndreaOwen.com. Very easy. And I also like to hang out on Instagram. My handle is HeyAndreaOwen. And I have a podcast called Make Some Noise.
1: Make Some Noise. So we will have all of those links in the show notes of this interview. And. And I want to thank you so much for being here. It has been a lovely conversation and I enjoyed every minute of that. So thank you so much. And I'm sure our listeners would enjoy it too.
0: Thank you so much, Hayud. I have appreciated your really great questions. And I also am grateful for the people listening for their time.
1: Hmm. Thank you and take care. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye. And for you, our listeners, until the next time. It all goes down to this. You either reach or miss. Keep reaching your goals and vision. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur. You can find all the information, links, and resources that was mentioned at the show in our website, reachormiss.com. See you next week.